Welcome, Abundant Babe. I have been waiting for you. And I get the feeling I know you pretty well already. Because like me, you are the visionary, the eternal optimist, the one who embraces all aspects of her divine feminine while being grounded with ambitious and driven energy. You've got big dreams and you're ready to make it all happen. Well, let me tell you, soul sister, you've come to the right place. The Abundant Babe podcast is designed for goddesses just like you. We will talk about purposeful business, personal growth, mindset, money, manifestation, success, goals, all with a splash of spirituality and a tad of silliness. I know you've got it in you and now is the time, beautiful. Trust in yourself and take action on what myself and other abundant babes share in the sacred space. And believe me, babe, your life will continue to change and expand. I'm your host, Viola Hug, multi-passionate entrepreneur, mentor, and coach. And my purpose is to help visionaries manifest everything they want through alignment, spirituality, and tangible strategy. It is so great to have you here. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Abundant Babes podcast. It is your host, Viola Hug, and I'm joined today with a beautiful lady over from the UK. I'm really excited to have her on the show. We're going to have a really fun conversation all about abundance and some really cool techniques and stuff around abundance as well for you. So it's going to be a really interactive and fun episode. Uh, But to introduce her, her name is Melanie Moore, and she is actually a former mom and journalist uh, and mom of two. Well, not she's not a former mom of two. She is a mom of two. And she is now doing a lot more mindset work, right? So she helps people tap into their big vision, tap into abundance through pun tapping exercises, also known as emotional freedom technique, which we mentioned before on the show, but we'll go into again. And um, a lot of her work is really about helping you frame your mindset for abundance and your mindset for achieving your goals. So it's really, really interesting stuff, but I'm so excited to have you on the show, Melanie. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Viola. You're welcome. So is it Viola or Viola? You know what? People always ask me that, and I generally tend to introduce myself as Viola, but my oh, mom Viola. calls me Viola because she's German, <laughs> um, and then I g- generally just get people to call me V because it's easiest. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. So I would love for you to share a little bit about your backstory. Like, um, obviously you were doing a quite a different career, I suppose, like modeling and journaling before, but like, where did you grow up in the UK? What's life looked like? How'd you get into what you do? Okay. So gosh, there is quite a lot to pack in here. I'll try to condense it as much as possible. Um, so Yes, I um, left university, gosh, over 20 years ago um, as a journalism graduate, went on to work at the BBC, and, um, and I did that for a couple of years. Actually, no, prior to that, I was modelling as a teenager, so that was more of a fun thing that I kind of fell into, um, but it was great fun, did catwalk, um, um, magazines, pop videos, you name it. That was back in back in the 1990s. That's quite a long time ago. Um, then went into a journalism career. But then after that, I then had a long spell in the corporate world as well, a complete move away from everything. And um, then I got married and had children. God, it makes me, I feel really old now all of a sudden. <laughs> I was going to say, you do not look old enough to be able to have all this life experience. <laughs> um, good, good genes. No, um, no I'm, I'm 42 now. So yeah. I, um, yeah, I've packed quite a lot in, but in many respects, I feel like I'm just beginning. So, you know, we can, we can, I see that my life has kind of evolved through chapters and each chapter has had incredible lessons, incredible experiences. Um, there was a long time when I, when during my corporate years, I thought, gosh, why did I not continue with journalism? You know, it felt like a bit of a waste of a degree and, um, and yeah, just my, you know, how on earth did I end up in this corporate world, which is not what I had planned for at all. But that corporate world, um, the, the, that time coincided with me becoming a mother as well. And, um, having my two children who are, 13 and 11 now and you know but that kind of 
it kind of suited me to kind of have um, certainly, you know, when they were very young, because actually I've left the corporate world for 10 years now as well. So I had a good, you know, 10 years in the corporate world and then, you know, 10 years in the entrepreneurial world. But um, sorry, let's just backtrack slightly. So, yeah, the so I, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that there are no wrong turns in life. Sometimes you think that your life's gone down a certain path and you kind of think, oh my God, how have I ended up here? You know, perhaps, you know, even I did some temping jobs um, when I first graduated as well because I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it kind of all seems like, well, this seems a bit dead end, doesn't it? But even looking back on each experience, you know, you meet people or you learn new skills. One temping job, I learned how to use Excel, which, um, (laughs) you know, haven't had much need for it since then. But occasionally now when I need to use Excel, I remember, yeah, I learned it from that temping job 20 years ago. So every experience that life gives us, um, there are no, um, no mistakes. There are no wrong turns. They're just, um, they're just more paths along your journey onto, you know, ultimately where you want to go. But I had the, so I had a couple of major transitions. The first transition was leaving my corporate career and stepping into, you know, working for myself because my big vision, so I'm all about having a big vision for yourself. My business is called tapping into your big vision Mm. my facebook tv show is called facebook and so it's called big vision tv Um, i'm writing a book right now which is called tapping into your big vision because i really believe that you know everyone has a big vision for their life and their business um you may not be 100 percent clear on it right now um 20 years ago my vision um you know i didn't have a vision for 20 years into the future Mm. um even 10 years ago, I can't say that I had a vision for 10 years into the future. I think sometimes you just need to have a vision for just the, um, you know, the short-term vision. But yeah. I do want people to go big with a bigger vision as well. Um, and I'm just kind of really now getting clear on my big vision at the age of 42 that I'm, I'm very much clearer now on what I want on and and I guess life, the journey and the lessons that it gives you, it brings that clarity because all the while you're experiencing what you don't want, it enables you to get a lot clearer on what you do want. Does that all make sense so far? Absolutely. I love it. You're speaking to my soul with oh, the big vision. Great. That's, I mean, that's what the whole podcast is about. It's for the visionaries. So I love, love, love this. Oh, perfect. So, yeah, so I... I, uh, 10 years ago, um, well, let's go back slightly, you know, when my children were very little, especially after my daughter was born, my daughter's my youngest. So when she came along, you know, I felt that my family was complete then. But my short term vision was then to leave my corporate career. I wanted to stay at home and be with my children. That was my big vision, to be the person who took my children to school, who picked them up again. But equally, I knew that I wanted some kind of business that would be completely flexible so that I could put my children first. Um, I've always had an interest in alternative therapies and healing and, mm-hmm. you know, some would call it woo-woo things. So I, I trained to become a reflexologist and um, a Reiki healer. So they were the first steps into kind of this um, therapy journey. Um, but then as my business progressed, I had a much deeper interest in um, human behavior and emotions and personal development. And that's when, so two things kind of happened at that time. I started doing vision board workshops mm-hmm. and I started, um, I, I trained to become an EFT, a tapping practitioner as well, because I found that people were coming to me for re- Reiki and reflexology, but really they just wanted to talk about the problems that they were facing and they usually were stress related or there were emotional problems and and I found that they could be I could help them much quicker through through talking and tapping and helping people you know with personal development themes I was you know really into the secret and the law of attraction and um you know I started reading books like Napoleon Hill Think and Grow Rich I was 
getting into mm. Esther Hicks and Abraham and um so all these kind of new concepts that I was learning you know 10 years ago that I just wanted to share with others so it was that's kind of how I started in the kind of the next stage of my business journey you know doing vision board workshops and then just working with clients one-to-one coaching um by now I was you know we're now kind of talking about six years ago five six years ago that I just moved um I just tapped with my clients so we just did tapping and we just did um the vision boards as well so and I guess that's kind of how my business as it is today became formed it's called tapping into your big vision so I then began to niche down into just helping people to um tap on clearing away limiting beliefs and emotions that got in the way between where they were at that particular point in their life and where they wanted to go to, you know, that is, you know, moving towards their big vision. And in the last couple of years, I've kind of got even tighter on that now where I know I just want to help people um, get clear on their big vision, what that big, you know, thing looks like, but also just to uncover, you know, what's getting in the way you know, with where you want to go, what are the blocks, what are the limiting beliefs? And that's where the, you know, the one-to-one coaching comes in. Um, I, I also work with my clients in a group coaching way as well through my vision alignment group where, mm-hmm. you know, I work with people one-to-one on their vision, but then, you know, there's always magic and power when you come together in a group and support one another as well. So, so that's a real kind of, nutshell as to my business journey yeah I love that and it's such needed work as well because it's like I feel like for so many things that we want to do with our life it's always those deep underlying things (laughs) that um that are some of the hardest to release. And I remember when I was first introduced to EFT, I found it so, so helpful for myself um, or tapping. Um, How about you just share with the audience a little bit, like what exactly is tapping or EFT? Okay. So um, EFT stands for emotional freedom technique, um, but it's also known as tapping. And a lot of people know it as tapping because you literally use your fingers to tap on certain points of your face and your upper body these are the most common points and these points are actually acupressure points so tapping has often been described as a cross between acupuncture and you know modern day psychology but instead of needles we use our fingers to tap on these points now each of these points corresponds to um various emotions emotions like anger, shame, fear, guilt. There's um, a whole lot of um, emotions that us as human beings are governed by every day, you know, you know, throughout the, you know, okay, let's say the 16 or so hours that we're awake, you know, you probably experience a whole range of different emotions during that day. Um, as human beings, you know, that's what distinguishes us from other mammals, you know, our emotions. We have, you know, the positive ones, you know, we have love, joy, we have Mm -hmm. contentment, we have excitement, we have anticipation, you know, the good feelings. But then, you know, we have the the not so good ones, which we all experience as well, the anger, the shame, the regret, the fear, the you know, impatience, the boredom, the frustration, and the middle ground, I would say, is contentment. Um, And I would say anything below content can be tapped upon. You can clear it away. And we can tap into some of the more positive emotions. We can tap into feeling motivated. We can tap into feeling excited. We can tap into feeling... um, happy happier but we can set and but you know if you're feeling really down like in the depths of despair you're not going to go from despair to ecstasy in one round of tapping but you can work your way up you can perhaps go from anxious to calm you know and being calm is a great place from which to build upon um if you know when you're calm you can then increase that into hopefulness. You can increase that into um, um, 
desire, you increase that to, um, um, what else? You know, there's so many positive emotions that you can tap into, but depending on your starting point, it's going to, um, you know, the, how much it increased is going to depend on where you start. So, but that you can always make things a bit better. You can always improve on how you're feeling, you know, even feeling angry is better than feeling hope, hopeless and in despair. You know, at least if you're angry, you you feel like doing something about it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, anger is much better than despair. <laughs> Mm. So, and how tapping will then work is um, there, are, I would say there's two different ways that you can use tapping. Um, there's one where you can just go and find yourself a YouTube video and there's hundreds of them out there where you can just find a tapping video on, you know, tapping for, um, um, to clear anxiety and you'll find one and you'll probably feel relief which is great and I'm so glad that there are so many tapping resources out there for people but when the blocks go a bit deeper and um so sorry let me just rewind slightly um tapping is great for emotions and that's what most people hear hear about tapping they will hear that it's great for anxiety stress overwhelm it's great for addictions phobias um, is great for trauma, um, and post-traumatic stress, um, childbirth, um, kids, you know, with exam stress. There are so many different ways that you can use tapping and, um, and it's a really effective, um, short-term way to help with things. And, you know, when I say short-term, because that's the first way to use tapping, it's like a band-aid or a, um, a short-term fix. So, used in that way tapping's a bit like you know brushing your teeth or having a shower um where you know you can do it once and feel great but it's not going to make um um a long-term effect on your life saying that um we can tap on limiting beliefs and limiting beliefs can be magically cleared with tapping because that's the other way to use it with limiting beliefs um so how we would do that is imagine a belief or a block, something that's stopping you, something like, um, you know, let's just say something like I am, um, I'm always late, you know, say if that's a limiting belief for you. And, you know, you hear people like that who have a bad relationship with time. They'll say, I'm always late or I always miss things. You know, I never, um, you know, I always miss out on opportunities because I, you know, I ran out of time. And this becomes their story that they have a poor relationship with time. Therefore, they miss out on things. And, but this, you know, and I've actually worked with several clients on their relationship with time. It's amazing because it's just, you know, what do you want to be a new belief for yourself? So the positive reframe that I would use would be that I've, I have all the time I need to do all the things I want. And what if that becomes your new story instead? And what if you could just choose that to tap upon? Um, so I would work with the clients on, you know, identifying, you know, their poor relationship with time, how it started. And this is when you might want to go deeper with a therapist. Um, yeah. When you've got a particular block that you keep, it keeps coming back to you perhaps you keep finding yourself in bad relationships and you can't find the right man or the right woman and you find yourself and you hear about it all the time you know I always go for the wrong man always go for the wrong woman or all my relationships end in disaster or I just can't commit to a person um this just becomes a story you know what if you then start to tell a new story for yourself that you know I'm open ready and willing to find lasting love or um I'm ready to finally meet somebody who is going to be my soulmate and somebody who, um, you know, the perfect person for me, you know, what if that becomes your new story instead? We can literally choose a new story for ourselves at any time. And, and when it's just, when it's around like a big life change or, you know, creating a new vision for yourself or telling yourself a new story, this is when I would suggest that, um, you would, you, that, it would be a good idea to work, you know, one-to-one with a coach or a practitioner. But um, if you just want to, you know, clear a headache, I have a, I have a YouTube video on, you know, how to clear a headache with tapping. I have a video on how to clear sugar cravings with tapping 
they're for me a kind of like short-term things. If you just did the sugar tapping crave um, video every day, you'd eventually eliminate the need for sugar in your life. Um, mm. So they're the two different ways that I would use tapping. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So it's like you can use it um, and utilize it in a way. So it's kind of like just helping you with more like short-term things that you might feel in a moment, but then also you can go really deep with it to um, uncover and heal kind of deeper blocks and find a way to replace those those blocks with um, what you'd rather instead. So rather than feeling lack, we're feeling abundance, for example. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's just... um, you know, re, rewiring your brain, uh, rewiring the neural pathways in your brain to um, take that new belief on board. Because, you know, one of my one of my favorite quotes, I think it's Oprah, who said, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you believe in. And we, you know, we have to question what the, these beliefs are. We have so many limiting beliefs that hold us back in life. But it is possible, entirely possible, to create new positive new beliefs and then to literally to tap them in yeah it's such a cool concept and I think like almost like I I've used tapping before so I know the power of it but even just like um uh thinking about the concept of it it's so like oh my gosh can it really work like that and um Firstly, I think definitely if you're open to it, you can um, let it work for you, but it is just so incredible. So like, um, would you find that the main thing that people come to you for is like working more on limiting beliefs or is it also to help them? Like, would it be more to deal with if they have a problem or also if they're just like, I want to know how to be more abundant. Is that like something people would come to you for? Yeah. I, um, the thing is all those different things I talked about addictions, phobias, traumas, um, if it depends really on what the problem is that people want, because I, my thing is, my specialism is helping people to tap into their big vision. So it's, um, so I've kind of eliminated the kind of the majority of the one-to-one clients who just have, you know, one specific issue, you know, like, you know, don't come to me if you want to stop smoking. (laughs) Go and find a tapping practitioner who specializes in addictions because, you know, I can do it. It's a bit like the whole sugar tapping, you know, it's exactly the same principle of, um, you know, a craving is a craving, whether it's for a cigarette or whether it's for sugar. And, um, and I find doing the, the sugar video, you know, it's just like a fun thing to do that, you know, lots of people want to reduce the sugar in their lives. Now say people wanted to, um, their vision was for, um, you know, just to transform their life in some way, you know. So, so this is really, so the thing that I most like to help people do it is to help people to get clear on their vision. Um, and that does involve making a vision board as well, you know, because vision boards are fun. People have heard of them. They've read, they've read The Secret and think, yay, I'm going to make a vision board. I'm going to, I'm going to put a whole day aside and I'm going to get some magazines and I'm just going to, um, make a vision board and 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 I'd love to know you know you know what success do people have with their vision boards now I know a lot of people I said yes you know this has happened this has happened but I don't think that most people make a vision board with real intent behind it because I I know this because when I start (laughs) when I first started my vision board workshops everyone's vision board looked the same everyone had a desert island tropical holiday everyone had a really you know big fancy house and a kitchen (laughs) and um everyone had um you know places they wanted to go to um but then it became apparent to me that people weren't still going after their heart's desires um you know, some people say, you know, I've had that Lamborghini on my vision board for ages and it hasn't happened yet. I said, well, the thing is, do you actually want a Lamborghini? You know, is, is that ultimately your goal? Because I think um, I, I encourage people to connect with their heart's desires. You know, what is your heart and your soul really, really want right now? Because it does involve going a little bit deeper and then getting in alignment with your heart and soul's desires. Um, so I have a process where I, you know, I get people to kind of have a think about what's really important to them right now. And usually it's an area of their life that's causing them the most pain that, you know, and it could be, I just want to find my soulmate. I want to find uh, 
a deeper, meaningful, loving relationship. Or it could be, I want more travel and adventure in my life, in which case, yes, go ahead and put those destinations that you want to go on. Um, so I've had, um, I've had a vision for a dream home on my vision board for, for several years. And, and I, and I used to kind of think, well, you know, why is this taking a long time to manifest? But the thing is, my home right now is actually perfect. Um, I, I love my house. You know, it's perfect. It's in a great neighborhood um, for the children. The children have their own bedrooms. We have a garden. You know, it's a really peaceful place I live in. It's not a seven-bedroom mansion with um, acres of land and um, all of that. But ultimately, there were other things in my life that were much more important for me to manifest and for me that were way more important. Mm. Um, things like in terms of moving my business forward, in terms of, um, <laughs> I know this sounds a bit crazy right now. So a few years ago, three years ago, I separated from my husband. And, but I was kind of, there was a conflict there, really. I wanted, my big vision was to know that I could be an amazing single parent, but also still run a business and still have enough abundance um, to do all the things I needed to do. And, you know, when I think about the life I'm living now, it's extremely abundant. You know, the children do football and ballet and all the activities they need to do. I travel several times a year on all the conferences and the business things that I want to go on. You know, I've made that my priority, you know, my personal development and my growth. And whereas that was much more important to me than, you know, suddenly putting all my efforts into getting this huge home. But um, the funny thing is the home thing now has become um, a bigger thing for me because I've realized why I want this home. Now, before I couldn't honestly tell you why I needed this bigger house with a cinema room and a swimming pool. It was, <laughs> it was ego driven. It was I think, well, that would be nice, wouldn't it? But now I know that I need a big house. It's because I want to move my parents in with me who are are getting older now. My dad's got dementia. My mum is, you know, 80 and she's a bit less mobile, but they're still quite independent. And I know that it would make life so much more comfortable for them if they were to live with me. And actually it would make my life a lot more comfortable um, knowing that they're nearby, that I don't have to rush out if they need me, but the house needs to be big enough so that we can have our own space, that um, yeah. we're not that, you know, granddad isn't going to get on my daughter's nerves or my son's nerves or my mum is, you know, she can have her own kitchen area to look after. But now I have a compelling why I want this big house. And it's still the same house as on my vision board, you know, five years ago. Um, and, um, yeah, so does, does that all make sense? You know, you know, we need to get clear on why we want the things we want usually other than the fact that just because you know I just want it <laughs> mm. yeah I think that's such a big thing and I know um I love like Simon Sinek's start with why and all that kind mm. of conversation around how the why is actually the most important thing so many people they start with the that what it is or the how or all these things when really it's it's our why that's so important so um do you have like any tips on how people can go about discovering their why? Like, is it a bad thing to put something on your vision board just because you're like, that's cool? Or, um, or if, if someone really is like, I want that now in my life, like how would they find their why if they're not sure? Like they know they want it, but they just can't put their finger on it. Is there like a question you can ask yourself? When, when it comes to vision boards, um, I, I always get people to focus on, um, you know, a maximum of three things really to put on the vision board. And this is where other people go wrong with a vision board. They end up putting like, you know, oh yeah, just stick the mulberry handbag on and the Jimmy Choo shoes. And, um, and their, their focus becomes very scattered mm -hmm. um, because I really believe that when you want something enough and you make it your focus and you exclude all other distractions, that that's when man, things manifest really quickly. So I'll tell you a fun story. Mm -hmm. um, so a few years ago, I can tell you exactly when. It was 
in March 2015, um, my daughter, she was, I think, about eight at the time. Um, she was obsessed with going to Disney World in Florida. And she would say to me, Mom, when can we go to Disney? You know, I really want to go to Disney. All my friends have gone to Disney, you know. Um, and at that time, you know, it was the same year I separated with my husband. And, you know, we couldn't really... Um, First of all, my ex-husband hated theme parks. <laughs> he couldn't justify the idea mm-hmm. of spending a huge amount of money just going to Disneyland on holiday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going coming from the UK to Florida, it was a pretty expensive trip. By the time you include all the park passes and the hotels and the flights, you know, um, you're looking at the best part of about, you know, £10,000 for a two-week Disney holiday. And my husband was like, there is no way I'm spending 10 grand to um, go to Disney on holiday. Now, for a lot of people, they could and they, you know, do say to their children, because funnily enough, I remember my mum saying it to me because I really wanted to go to Disneyland when I was younger. And my mum would say to me, look, you know, it's really expensive. We can't afford it. So I'd be like, oh, okay then. So we never went. Now, I would never say to my daughter, we can't afford it. Um, So here's the reframe that I used. You know, if you want something enough that's going to cost money, um, my, the question I ask myself is how can I make this happen? And, and it's you, because, because how can I make this happen is so much more open and expansive than saying, I can't afford it. The moment you say, I can't afford it, you're ineffectively saying, no, it's not happening. And yeah. the universe closes the doors for you. That's why I never say the words, I can't afford something. Um, but it's got to be desire based. You know, I would say to you, honestly, um, um, Viola, um, I can't afford a Lamborghini, but the truth is I don't want one. (laughs) I really don't want one. Um, (laughs) I just don't want one. I, you know, absolutely no desire for one whatsoever. Um, However, um, when we say, how can I make it happen? So, you know, go back to continue with my Disney example. Um, I said to my daughter, look, you know, I can't tell you when we're going to go, but I promise you it will happen one day. Let's make a vision board. So we made um, a, Disney focused vision board together. Um, we got out magazine brochures. We cut out all the places she wanted to visit. You know, she wanted to swim with dolphins. Um, she, you know, all these roller coasters she wanted to go on. So it was a Orlando focused vision board. Um, and in the meantime, um, I obviously wanted to make this happen for my daughter, but obviously being an adult, and a bit more realistic. Um, <laughs> the only way I kind of thought this would happen was that if I'd made enough money in my business and I would then book the holiday. So um, I was working with a business coach at the time and she said to me, because um, um, I'd already manifested some really cool things, you know, I've been on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I won £20,000. That was cool. all done through yeah, that was all done through visualization and manifesting. And um, and I told my coach about this and she said to me, Mel, just use exactly the same principles that you use to get on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire to get yourself to Disney. But again, being an adult and a bit more realistic, I kind of thought, well, you know, it worked that one time. I can't see how it's going to work again. But I did. I just used exactly the same process, which was we made a vision board. Um, I told my daughter to visualize herself being there. She would look at YouTube videos. Um, I was also doing practical things like, um, you know, researching the cost of holidays. I had alerts on for, you know, flight sales. I was on the Disney website. I was really quite obsessed with taking my children to Disney World. Um, even to the point where um, a friend of mine had some Tony Robbins tickets. He was coming to London the following April. And this was the date that I'd had in mind that I would be taking the children to Disney World. I, you know, I kind of mentally had told the universe, I want to take them in April 2016, which was like spring break time. So these Tony Robbins tickets came along and I said to my friend, oh, I know it sounds really ridiculous, but I've kind of, I'm planning to take my children to Disney World in April. So um, she said, okay, fair enough, never mind. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I passed, I turned down Tony Robbins tickets. Um, 
on you know something that hadn't even happened or materialized yet so my vision was that I would have made enough money in my business um to tell the children on Christmas day that this is your Christmas present we're going to Disneyland um in April and and it was October, November time that year that my husband and I separated and it really Mm. looked, you know, really far away. I couldn't see how it's going to happen. And, um, and so I was kind of upset because I hadn't made any promises to them, but it was something that I wanted so much. You know, I was so focused on taking the kids to Disney World. I was obsessed with it. I was literally obsessed with Disney World. I would talk to people about it all the time. I was really active on Periscope at the time. I don't know if you remember Periscope and live. Yeah. I don't know if you ever yeah, used yeah. it. I would Periscope about, I want to go to Disney World. I would follow Disney scopers um, just to see if I could get connected with them. I'd even look at potentially doing a workshop in Florida so that I could take the, you know, I was obsessed with it. Um, so anyway, Christmas got closer and closer and it's, I hadn't made enough money. I couldn't, plus I was, you know, separating my husband. It just seemed really far away. Um, and Christmas day came and went and it didn't happen. I didn't have the great big Disney reveal and I was so disappointed Mm. but here's the really important thing that I'd love everyone listening to take on board that on that day I just let it go I detached from it at that point I didn't think about it anymore and this is when this is when it gets really weird so on the 4th of January just you know a few days later um, I had a phone call from Disney head office in London and um, it was actually a message on my mobile and um, I remember listening to the message saying, hi, this is um, so-and-so, I think this is Danny from head office, um, Disney head office in London. Um, could you give us a call back, please? I thought, this is really weird. Why is anyone from Disney calling me? And then I did get like, oh, my God, I, you know, I thought, wonder what this is about. So I rang them back and <laughs> it turned out that a few months earlier, and I remember doing this, I'd entered a competition in a shoe shop of all places and I entered a prize draw to win a trip to Disney. And the phone call was, a call back to oh, say that I'd, I'd won first prize and I'd won an all expenses paid trip to Disneyland and, and um, flights, accommodation, hotel, the park passes, everything. Oh you know. my gosh, that is out of this world. That is so cool. I know. I know. Even now, you know, three years later, um, two years later, you know, I still like, think oh my god that was amazing how that happened but for six months I was obsessed with it and it only really so his so the funny thing was um you know my husband and I we were still amicable enough that you know he did come on the trip with us because I know my kids wanted their dad there I didn't really fancy the prospect of taking the children to Florida on my own and um and he came with us and we had a really good time um and he loved it. <laughs> so this mm. concept he had of um, theme parks, you know, it turned out we actually had a really good time and, and it all went really, really well. And we went in April 2016, which was when I told the universe I wanted to go. So this is why wow. when I get people to think about what they want, it's just you've got to go all in on the biggie, you know, and it does take commitment. It does take um, um, excluding distra- other distractions from your life because you get what you focus on. You know, when you focus on something, um, it will happen. But the problem is that most of us aren't focused enough on what we want. We get distracted here. We get distracted there. I think, oh, I'll just do this. I'll just do that. Um, I want the holiday and the house and the car and the shoes. Um, and the universe is just saying, well, do you know, we don't know what to give you. Um, so that, that's why, you know, I really encourage people, you know, when they're making a vision board, you know, to get focused, but the thing is, you've got to believe in it as well. And that's, you know, when I talk about the belief before, and this is where I believe, you know, so this is where most people go wrong with a vision board. They make a vision board and they look at it, but they don't fully believe in it. Um, and this is where the tapping comes in as well. So this is kind of how my whole concept of tapping into your big vision comes in that um I you know create tapping scripts for people that to tap along with their vision board because it sounds a bit ridiculous but I don't know anyone who's really into tapping um 
anyone who's really into tapping will um, know that that you know you've just um, sorry I just lost my train of thought there quickly but yeah so you so you made your vision board but then you don't um, fully believe in it so the tapping what it does it helps you to believe in your board so we tap into believing in it and we tap it by believing into it by letting go of the things we don't believe in we don't believe in so we clear away the doubt we clear away the resistance we clear away how is it going to happen we clear away the impatience because these are all the things that block our visions from manifesting the doubt the impatience and not believing in it so that is where I believe that tapping is like the secret source Mm, yeah and that is so amazing and I think like one of the big things that so many people listening um, would experience is like all the things that you said above (laughs) all the things listed but then people as well who are you know either early on in their business journey or wanting to start a business there's like this massive resistance and I know we talked about this a little bit before we got into the show there's like um this resistance of this fear of you know not making enough money or being it's not coming quick enough or you know that they even can make money doing what they love and Mm. um you know how about we do like a little bit of a demonstration for the people that people can use on that. Yeah, sure. So just talk about money and tapping very quickly. Yeah. Um, um, because I, you know, I became really aware, you know, because when I started as a tapping practitioner, I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me about the link between abundance and our emotions and how tapping could have an effect on that. True. But, you know, the more I thought about it, I think, my goodness, you know, money is so emotive. Um, it causes us, you know, the topic of money um, brings up so many emotions for us. When we don't have enough of it, we're stressed, we're anxious, we're overwhelmed, we're fearful. It keeps you awake at night. And when you are abundant, it suddenly gives you choices. And, you know, it feels great having money. Um, mm-hmm. so, but the thing is, we block our money by the emotions that we have over it when we're worried we're not going to have enough we're literally pushing it away from us um so this is where my kind of my program tapping into abundance was born because it's a it funnily enough tapping into abundance came along in my life I really believe I downloaded it from the universe at a time in my life where I wasn't particularly abundant I was a new single mother um I had big goals and dreams but equally I was like my god how am I going to do this on my own without the security of my husband, without a regular um, corporate paycheck? And it was literally um, a divine kind of intervention that I, I was, you know, on holiday in France at the time and I downloaded eight modules, literally the pen I was writing with couldn't scribble down this course fast enough. And I literally launched my program tapping into abundance as soon as I got home and um and it's just um different steps and processes around shifting your mindset over money so let's um um so we before we got on the call we talked about the concept of um you know making money doing what you love and the thing is doing what you love you know very often it's something creative it could be like a lot of entrepreneurs you know it could be, you know, I've worked with artists on dealing with their money blocks. Because artists, singers and painters, you know, in particular, they have huge money blocks because they were pretty much told that you're never going to make doing, you're never going to make money as an artist or mm, you're the starving way. artist analogy. <laughs> starving artist singing yeah. for your supper we have over here. You know, yeah. literally, you've got to get your guitar out and put your cap on the street (laughs) to make money. (laughs) But um, I would say that, um, I would say that, you know, you've, that there is evidence out there of artists who make a lot of money doing what they love. So firstly, there you do have evidence already that Beyonce, Katy Perry, they're making loads of money. Um, there are artists out there make selling their pieces of artwork for millions and millions of dollars. So the evidence is there, but um, mm-hmm. 
the other belief that could come up from that is, well, you know, it's all right for them, but who am I to be doing this? You know, I'm not good enough or, you know, the comparison with other people comes in, you know, and these are all blocks and each one of those are things that you can tap upon. So as a general round of tapping, we could do a round of tapping on that um, it's entirely possible for me to make money doing what I love. Does that sound okay? That sounds amazing. So um, just for those of you listening, as long as you are not driving your car, <laughs> yeah. you, should, you should be able to do this. Oh, you might be able to do it driving the car. I don't know, actually. What do you think? Um, I would say if it's your very first time of tapping, um, do it on the reap, you know, look at the points. You know, I think um, I've got a link where I can share the points. I actually have a link to a YouTube video where I can just do a quick introduction to tapping and show you the tapping points. Now, if you're more of a seasoned tapper and you know the points, what I'll do is, you know, and I've done this before on podcasts and on audio, is that I will run through the tapping points really quickly. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. To remind people. And then before each phrase, um, I will um, say the point that I'm tapping on before we move to the next point. and um, we can do it that way um but you know I think once you familiarize yourself perhaps with a few of my tapping videos I do tapping videos on Facebook live um on my IGTV channel so you know that way you can familiarize yourself with the points again it's like any new thing it feels a bit weird at first and with something like tapping you're gonna feel really really weird doing it but you know I don't think it will be long before people are doing it um, all over the place. You know, already I'm hearing so many stories of um, schools bringing in tapping experts to help children during exam time, which I think is amazing. You know, That's so cool. Oh, it's so cool. Um, I know for myself as well. Like I always use it when I'm um, when I'm feeling like a particular block, or I'm feeling like there's an emotion that I'm not like not sure why it's not not releasing, or you know, like I always pull it into my life as well in those moments. So there's just like. Yeah. It's like such a good tool to have. It's an amazing tool to have. And once you learn the basics, it doesn't cost you a penny. It's completely free. And, you know, it's um, in many cases so much more effective than um, going to your medicine cabinet. But anyway, so um, how I'm going to do this is um, I'm going to go a fairly slow pace. um, And we're going to be, first we address the negative, which people are going to be like, why are you talking about the negative? But the thing is, we're addressing the belief, the current belief. Then the next stage is we're going to let go of that belief. And then the third phase is we're going to be introducing the positive new belief. So um, there's no point introducing a positive new belief. All the while, the old belief is sitting, festering away. Um, it's a bit like weeding the garden. You wouldn't go and plant seeds in a garden full of weeds. You've got to dig up those weeds first then you plant your seeds. So that's exactly what we're doing here. We're going to dig up those old beliefs. Then by addressing them, then we're going to be planting in the positive new belief. So um, just to explain my sequencing. So are you ready? I am so ready for this. Okay. So we're going to start off on what's known as a karate chop point, which is um, um, just beneath your little finger. Then we'll be going through to the eyebrow point where the eyebrow meets the bridge of the nose. Then onto the side of the eye on the bony part under the eye, on the bony part, under the nose, um, the chin, just, sorry, on the chin, just on the dip of the chin. Now, the collarbone is kind of, um, I would say, a couple of inches down from your collarbone, just above your, um, your breast. And then um, under your armpit, which is, if you're a woman, where your bra strap sits, and then on the top of the head, which is the crown of the head. So they're the points. So, um, right, we'll start off on the karate chop point. And then, Viola, if you could just be my um, my echo and just repeat after me. Is that okay? Will do. I'm happy to do that. Okay, here we go. So you just literally repeat after me and I will tell you when to change points. So starting off the karate chop point. Even though I was led to believe. Even though I was led to believe. That it's difficult to make money doing what I love that it's difficult to make money doing what I love. I choose to love and accept myself anyway. I choose to love and accept myself anyway. Even though it has been hard for me to make, sorry, even though it has been hard for me to make money. Even though it has been hard for me to make money. Doing what I love. Doing what I love. 
I choose to love and accept myself anyway. I choose to love and accept myself anyway. Even though... Even though... It's been the belief for me. It's been the belief for me. That it's difficult to make doing money what I... Sorry, making money doing what I love. That it's difficult to make money doing what I love. Maybe other people have told me that it would be difficult. Maybe other people told me it would be difficult. That you have to get a proper job. That you have to get a proper job. That you have to be experienced and qualified. That you have to be experienced and qualified. I choose to love and forgive myself anyway. I choose to love and forgive myself anyway. And anyone else who may have contributed to this belief. And anyone else who may have contributed to this belief. Okay, now we're going to the eyebrow point. I've been told it's difficult to make money doing what I love. I've been told it's difficult to make money doing what I love. Side of the eye. It takes so much effort. It takes so much effort. Under the eye. It seems too easy. It seems too easy. Under the nose. Even though I've seen other people do it. Even though I've seen other people do it. On the chin. It's still really hard for me. It's still really hard for me. Collarbone. Because my belief... Because my belief under the arm is that I have to be doing something professional. Is that I have to be doing something professional. Top of the head. I have to be doing what my parents wanted me to do. I have to be doing what my parents wanted me to do. Back to the eyebrow. And therefore I struggle. And therefore I struggle. Side of the eye. How can I possibly make money doing what I love? How can I possibly make money doing what I love? Under the eye. It's just too hard. It's just too hard. Under the nose. But that's just a belief. But that's just a belief. And the chin. It's something that I've learned. It's something that I've learned collarbone it's something that has been hardwired into me it's something that's been hardwired into me under the arm but I'm going to let that go now but I'm going to let that go now Up the head letting go of the belief letting go of the belief eyebrow that it's hard to make money doing what I love that it's hard to make money doing what I love out of the side of the eye. I'm letting that go now. I'm letting that go now. Under the eye. I'm clearing that away now. I'm clearing that away now. Under the nose. I'm releasing that now. I'm releasing that now. Letting go of this belief that no longer serves me. Letting go of this belief that no longer serves me. Collarbone. Letting go of the belief. Letting go of the belief. Under the arm. That I can't make money doing what I love. That I can't make money doing what I love. Top of the head. I'm clearing it away now. I'm clearing it away now. Back to the eyebrow. I can make doing, sorry, I can make money doing what I love. I can make money doing what I love. Side of the eye. Because other people are doing it. Because other people are doing it. Under the eye. And if other people are doing it. And if other people are doing it. Under the nose. I can do it too. I can do it too. Chin. It's safe for me to make money doing what I love. It is safe for me to make money doing what I love. And I'm ready for this. And I'm ready for this. Under the arm. Because I've been holding myself back. Because I've been holding myself back. Top of the head. I've been keeping myself small. I've been keeping myself small. Eyebrow. I've been limiting myself. I've been limiting myself. Side of the eye. But I'm ready to play full out now. But I'm ready to play full out now. And I'm ready to hardwire the new belief. And I'm ready to hardwire the new belief. That I can make money doing what I love. That I can make money doing what I love. What if it was easy to make money doing what I love? What if it was easy to make money doing what I love? Collarbone. I'm ready for this. 
I am ready for this. Under the arm. I like this new belief. I like this new belief. Top of the head. And I'm allowing this new belief. And I'm allowing this new belief. Eyebrow to become my reality. To become my reality. Side of the eye. That I can make money doing what I love. That I can make money doing what I love. Under the eye. It's easy to make money doing what I love. It's easy to make money doing what I love. Under the nose. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. Chin. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this. I'm opening myself up to opportunities and possibilities. Opening myself up to possibilities and opportunities. Under the arm. They are all around me. They are all around me. Up the head and I'm open to them now. And I'm open to them now. Back to the eyebrow. Last round of tapping. I'm open to receiving more money doing what I love. I'm open to receiving more money doing what I love. Under the eye. I am ready for this. I am ready for this. Under the eye. I'm ready for the opportunities. I'm ready for the opportunities. Under the nose, I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. Chin. Yes to making money doing what I love. Yes to making money doing what I love. Collarbone, I am so ready for this. I am so ready for this. Under the arm, I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about this. Top of the head, I'm ready for this in body, mind and spirit. I'm ready for this in body, mind and spirit. Okay, so take a nice deep breath in. And exhale. How was that? That was so awesome. (laughs) So can you see that, you know, there's a little journey we go on. um, And what I did forget to mention at the beginning is that, um, you know, what would be a good indicator is this, you know, if you go back and watch the replay or listen to this again, do this round of tapping again, is just to ask yourself the question, you know, how true is that statement for me that it's easy for me to make money doing what I love? The chances are that before the tapping, it'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't know, five, six, seven. Um, but then by the end of the tapping, you're feeling so excited and you believe in it so much more, it's going to be more like an eight, nine or a 10. And this is how you tap the belief in. You just believe in it and if you can do this every day that's going to be your new belief that it's easy to make money doing what I love rather than the belief it's hard for me to make money doing what I love two completely different energy Mm -hmm. yeah okay so like if someone wanted to use this tool basically like before the EFT um scale one to ten like how true is this belief and then afterwards um ask again because that will give a more clear indication right yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you can't improve what you can't measure. And, yeah, exactly. um, and that's a great measure, you know. Yeah. Just and then this, yeah. the second question I just had to clarify for those watching the replay, some of them might be wondering, does it matter what side they're tapping on? So on the left or the right eyebrow, does it, does it have to be, if you're doing, you know, the left eyebrow, does it have to be the left side of the body the whole way through? Or what's the rule with that? No, not at all. Um, either side of the eyebrow, um, either eye, um, either collarbone, either arm, um, Absolutely. That's fine. And I tend to use like the pad of two fingers together. Um, so some people just do one finger. I just use two fingers. Um, but yeah, if you could post a link to um, the YouTube video that explains, you know, completely. Yes, beginning. of course, that's going to be all in the show notes. So you guys will just be able to go in there and find all the links for the little demonstrations and stuff like that if you need um, <laughs> a good refresher. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you explained that really well, though. If you if you are new to this, you will need a little more of a visual reference, um, and then you go, oh yeah, I get it, and then you can come back and listen to the audio, and it's going to make so much more sense. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, and I, you know, you can tap on anything. That's what most EFT practitioners say. You can literally tap on anything. Oh my goodness, I could sit and talk to you for an hour about all the different ways I've used tapping, probably longer. Um, but yeah, just um, um, yeah, just check it out, give it a go. Um, A lot of people discover tapping when they've tried so many other avenues and it's often used as a last resort. But I want to start seeing people 
using it as a first port of call, you know. Totally. First. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for everything, Melanie. This has been such a super interesting conversation with um, a lot of nuggets of wisdom that everyone can take away. Uh, so before we finish off, is there any, do you have like one last thing that you would love to share or like one more um, kind of like thing you're compelled to share with the audience? Okay, so my final nugget would be, um, you know, really it's all very simple. I would get clear on what you want and why you want it. And um, then your next job is to make sure that you're feeling good and aligned with that every single day. So it's really quite simple. (laughs) I love it. And the feeling part is such an important part of it as well. So I'm glad you brought that up. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And and do you want to share just as well where people can find you on social media? Of course, the links will be available. But if someone's just wanting to like tag you right now as they screenshot this this podcast and upload it onto their story, where where can they tag you? Okay, so um, as of the date of this that we're filming, you know, kind of um, in November 2018, <laughs> I've just informed um, Viola that we have, I've just changed my name, so this may be a little bit confusing for people. So um, my Instagram handle is I am Melanie Moore. I am Melanie Moore, and that's where you will also find me on Twitter. Um, eventually, um, you will find me at Melanie Moore on Facebook as well. You will find me. Find me on Instagram. Send me a message if you can't find me. Um, um, you, if you want to find me, you'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And all the um, most updated links are in the show notes as well. So just check them out there. But thank you again so much for being on the show. And thank you to the listeners so much for being here. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thank you.